I'd like to create a scenario for you. And as I do, I'd love it if you could put yourself in the center of the scenario and notice what thoughts, feelings, emotions, reactions come up for you as it unfolds. So it's Monday morning. You've just finished your 10 a.m. team meeting. And as you're making your way back to your office, you notice that someone on your team may have been behaving a little differently. Say it's Julia or Frank, and you notice that maybe they're a little subdued, a little less engaged compared to how they normally are. An hour later, you're back at your desk working away, and you see that employee looking visibly upset. They may have tears in their eyes. Then you see them walking towards your office. What's your instinct? What are you drawn to do in that moment? Welcome to the Real Leadership Podcast. My name is Chris Obst. I've spent the last 25 years going deep with leaders on the real challenges they face, the stuff that keeps them up at night. Are you ready for raw and honest conversations and the reality that self-leadership and personal growth are the keys to you being the leader that you were meant to be? So for some of you, your reaction may, might start from a place of empathy or curiosity, thinking and wondering, wow, I wonder what's going on for them. I wonder if, what I can do to help, to support them. And so you would naturally look up and invite them into your office and see if they want to sit down and have a chat. And for others, your, your instinct, your natural reaction might be different. It might be to hope that they're actually not heading towards your office. You might be thinking, how quickly can I kick my door closed? Or look down and make myself busy. So I don't have to take this on. So I don't have to engage in something that might be really uncomfortable. I think it's important to, to note here that either one of those reactions or anything in between is fine. It, it, it's human. And what I want to talk about today is what I consider an opportunity and a responsibility for leaders to wade into those waters when an employee is struggling with something. You know, there isn't a client I'm working with today that isn't facing some sort of a struggle. I mean, the job itself, the workplace environment, the pandemic, there's enough external forces that are creating challenges for employees. But I want to focus on the personal challenges. It seems to be, if we're really honest, most people that you meet are struggling with something related to their personal world. It could be mental health issues around depression and anxiety. It could be relational issues around a marriage. It could have something to do with their children or their parents. Maybe there's substance abuse. Maybe there's a financial stressors. That's part of being human. And what I want to discuss today is what do we do with that? Do we have a responsibility? What is it? And what are some ways that, to support employees in a way that's going to work for you, that's going to feel comfortable and productive? I think one of the great places to start is to just acknowledge your own natural inclination and instincts around this. One of the ways this came to light for me was a couple years ago when I was doing a session, a workshop with a team. And we were using the Myers-Briggs type indicator, the MBTI, as a construct to help them understand themselves and their work styles and also the people they work with. And if you're familiar with Myers-Briggs, you know that there's the continuum of the thinking versus feeling, which is how we make decisions on information once we've taken that information in. Now, if you're defined or scored as a thinking manager, you start with logic first. So you decide first with the head and then maybe later with the heart. And if you're on the other end of the spectrum, what we call a feeling type manager, you're going to decide with the heart first and then the head. And both of those are fine. 
And part of being a great leader and a great manager is understanding yourself, your own hardwiring, your own preferences, and then recognizing when your default might not be enough. So if you're a head-first thinking manager, you're probably going to start from a place of logic and maybe ask yourself, well, is this even going to be productive? Is, is this an appropriate place to have conversations about this employee's personal life? And if you're a feeling type manager, you're likely going to be drawn to and maybe even energized by the opportunity to wade into a conversation like that and support an employee who's struggling. So whatever side of the thinking, feeling continuum you fall on, and maybe you're right smack in the middle, there's a number of reasons that I find why, why leaders are reluctant or managers are reluctant to get involved in having conversations around their employees' personal struggles. One of them has to do with the idea of, is this even my responsibility? And and how can I really help? I mean, many people I talk to say, well, well Chris, I'm not a HR professional, not a therapist or a counselor. Is this even responsible for me to get into a conversation like this? What if I make things worse? What if I cause more damage? You know, how do you put the genie back in the bottle when you've started the conversation? And I think it's a valid fear. None of us want to cause more harm. And then I think there's others that have a, what I would consider kind of an outdated old school mindset around this that, hey, listen, work is work and your personal life is your personal life. So don't bring your personal shit here to the job. You know, and, and in theory, you, you can kind of understand the logic behind that. Like, I'm not going to your place to, to bring my stuff there. This is our workplace, so maybe let's just focus on the job here. Why I think it's outdated. People nowadays spend more and more time on their job, whether they're physically or in person, online, or thinking about it at 10.30 p.m. when they're trying to sleep. It's really hard to separate you from your work and your work from you nowadays. And I want to ask you this. What's your ability to focus, concentrate, be creative, make great decisions when you've got something significant in your personal world weighing on you? Are you at your best? You know, so really there's a business case for taking this on. If someone shows up at work and they're carrying something personal with them that's keeping them from being focused and productive, there's a cost. There's a cost to their productivity, to the productivity of the team. You know, what's interesting too is Many times, these employees are carrying this around as a secret. And as a manager, we do have an opportunity. We might be the only one, the only person in the world that checks in with them to say, how are you doing? Ignoring the personal challenges your employees face is not an effective leadership strategy. You don't have to take on or solve their issues, but listening to them and offering support or direction could make all the difference in the world. When I'm coaching leaders around this topic, one of the things I like to do with them early is to relieve them of the burden of fixing or solving the employee's problem. That's not what the goal is here. Support doesn't necessarily mean fixing them or making the problem go away. Support might just be listening to them, acknowledging to them that it's okay to have issues, to be human, and that you're there as their leader in the organization to support them. So you can let go of... And I know that's hard for a lot of us because we got to where we did by being effective and productive and skilled at what we do. And this is an aspect of management that we might not feel so confident and comfortable in. We do know it's a lot easier to have these conversations if you've built open, trusting relationship with your employees. And honestly, we could talk for an hour and a half solely on the merits of building honest, open relationships with your staff. 
But this is one area for sure that if you have a bit of a relationship that goes beyond the tasks and the productivity at work, it makes it easier. If you know a little bit about the people on your team personally, their values, their interests, their passions, what their family life looks like, it wouldn't be that uncomfortable to say, hey, Mary, hey, Jim, are you okay? You seem a little off today. But if you don't have that kind of relationships, that might be a really difficult, awkward conversation to start. And if you're thinking about how do I build open, trusting, vulnerable relationships with my team, with my staff, I always say a version of this. You go first. Leaders lead by showing, not by saying. So we invite employees in when we start to share little bits of our world, some of the struggles we're facing, some of our passions, what our family life or life away from work looks like. So that's a great place to start. And it's a great reason to invest time and energy in building these kind of relationships with your teams. You know, depending on the organization you're in, you're going to have different resources available to you. And as I mentioned, our job here isn't to solve the problem, but it is to offer support. And support might be just listening to your employee and asking them a couple of good questions like, how is this impacting you? Where can you go for support? Who else have you shared this with? What can we do to support you? Some companies that I work with have very robust HR departments, employee assistance programs. Some even have on-site coaching and counseling. In other organizations, it might just be you and your instincts. And this is where I guess I would challenge you to listen to your instincts as a leader and as a human and say, okay, if I was struggling and took, had the courage to come to my manager and share something, what would I want them to do? Because anybody could say, hey, you know, look on the website. I think we've got some support there. Check it out. Or go find HR. This, this really isn't my area of expertise. But what would a little effort from you look like? And how could that help that employee get unstuck? You know, at the very least, you could just say to that employee, you know what, I really appreciate you being open and sharing that struggle with me. I know I can't fix it or solve it, but I'm glad you shared it. And here's what I can do. I think the other thing that's important to note here, and I say this often when I'm working with leaders, is you don't have to have all the answers. I know that's hard for a lot of us to hear because we have healthy egos and we got to where we were by knowing a lot and being able to do a lot. But this is an area where you can lean on the support of others. You're just the conduit for that employee. So maybe you take the initiative and reach out to somebody in HR and say, hey, can I get some guidance here? One of my team members is struggling with X, Y, or Z. Maybe you take that first step and set up a conversation for them and someone in the HR department. Or maybe in that conversation, you encourage your employee to go talk to someone in their world that might be their family doctor to get a referral. Or maybe what comes out of it is that, you know, they haven't talked to their sibling in five years and they're feeling great stress and anxiety about it because the holiday season's coming up. And you just ask them, well, who could you talk to to help you get through this? So I hope what you're taking from this is this relief that there isn't a burden on you to take it on, but there is a responsibility to pay attention. Ignoring an employee's behaviors, emotional struggles, mental struggles is not leadership. It's not a great leadership strategy. Taking things on when you're uncomfortable is actually when you show who you are as a leader. So if you consider yourself a heart-centered leader, um, uh, more of a people person, more empathetic in your management style, supporting employees in this way may feel more natural. 
you're likely going to be more inclined to want to explore how you could help them. Because, you know, frankly, if you were in that situation, you would want help and support. And so from a humanistic point of view, it makes sense to explore what you can do to take this on, to invest time and energy in listening to the employee, talking to the employee and seeing what you can do for them. But what if you're not wired that way? What if those type of things just don't feel right to you? What if you're really, you're steeped in the fact that you have a job to do, which is deliver results to the business. And you're struggling with why in the world would you waste time or energy on playing armchair therapist? So here's the business case. If you have an employee that's struggling with something personal, they can't leave that at home. It will be impacting their mind, their emotions, their mood, their energy levels. So it's going to be impacting their job. It's going to be impacting their performance. It'll likely be impacting people around them. So in terms of accuracy or timeliness or quality of output, those are all going to take a hit. So you ignoring these personal challenge problems that your employees are facing could actually be very irresponsible from a business point of view. And remember, Taking it on doesn't mean fixing it or solving it. It means acknowledging it. And then with the employee, helping them explore ways to get the support that they need. Like many of the management principles and mantras and mindsets that I share, teach and coach with my clients. This is an area where I really want to reiterate leadership is not about perfection. There isn't just one way to do it. There isn't a right way and a wrong way. I remember years ago taking a sales training program and there was a line that stuck with me. Intent counts more than technique. And I think in this case here, really staying grounded in what is my intent here? My intent is to offer support to an employee, to let them be heard, to help them get on a path of feeling better, whatever that looks like. So if we stay grounded in that intent, Maybe we'll be less paralyzed by what technique to use because the employee will feel that. The other thing I want to say about this, just like with many other areas of leadership, is you don't have to do it alone. So if an employee shares a challenge with you and and you're frankly stumped and you don't know which direction to point them in, there's nothing wrong with simply thanking them for being open enough to share and saying, let me talk to a couple people and see what ideas I can come up with for you. And maybe you have colleagues or support inside or outside the business that you could bounce the situation off, confidentially of course, and get some ideas on what kind of support you can offer to the employee. So you don't have to have all the answers. Relieve yourself of that pressure, of that burden. What I'd love for you to take away from this podcast today is that you do have a great opportunity here to be a support to a human being that's working for you. And I believe it's also a responsibility As I mentioned earlier, ignoring the situation because it's uncomfortable or because you don't have the answers is not great leadership. And I have numerous stories of people and organizations I've worked with in the past where the loyalty that comes with when an an employee is supported, you couldn't buy it. When when employees go through, and I've had conversations with employees who've who've lost loved ones, who've gone through divorces, who've been um, abusing substances and their employer stuck with them, stuck by them. And they come out the other side and they say, this is the greatest company in the world. 
That was the greatest manager in the world. And I'm never leaving. Or I'll always do what I can to help them. So the loyalty comes from this is immeasurable. I've also heard great stories of, you know, an employee who one comes to mind, he was, um, he was actually a, a forklift driver in an industrial environment, and he was abusing alcohol. And everyone knew it, and he'd been suspended two or three times for showing up inebriated. And, and obviously, from a safety point of view, they had to send him home. And there was a manager in the organization who decided to look through a different lens instead of, okay, what's the next punishment for this employee is, have we really tried to help this employee? So this manager pulled the employee aside and have a conversation with him about his drinking, about why he was drinking, about what kind of help he has sought, received. And he was able to connect that employee with a counselor who got to the root of the drinking. Because as we're learning with addictions, it's not about the substance. It's about the pain they're trying to cover up. And it turned out that this employee was going through some really heavy stuff in his personal life with his spouse, with his children, and his drinking was an outlet. Well, fast forward 18 months, this employee went through a counseling program, got completely sober, came back to work for the organization, and has since been promoted twice, and is now a manager in operations. And he has a story to tell about, you know, life ain't perfect, and he struggled, and there was someone who cared enough, someone who cared enough to listen to him and think about how could we get him some help. And how would that feel if one day you were that leader or manager that someone talked about that had the time and space and energy just to listen and to find a way to help them? Do you need coaching or training for your team? Connect with Chris for a 30-minute conversation. Visit chrisobst.com or send him an email, chris at chrisobst.com. So what if the employee is struggling and they don't come to you? How do you know that somebody might be struggling? What are the signs? What are the symptoms? There's an excellent manager that I've worked with in the past, and she was telling me recently about what's happening in her business. And she's a manager of managers, and these you know multiple managers that report to her are, are struggling. They're wrestling with some capacity challenges, with staffing issues. And she was trying to find a way to stay on top of it. And she was explaining to me that, as strange as it sounds, she built a spreadsheet for each of these managers and gave them a rating. This was just for her, her and herself on how they were doing, her perception of how they were doing. And she explained to me the reason she did it is it's a little overwhelming to think of, well, how do I go in and check in on everybody? And so what she did would give them a rating on how she perceived that they were showing up. And the ones with the lowest rating, she prioritized having a check-in with them, asking how things were going in the business, asking where they were struggling, getting a sense of what was going on for them personally and what she could do to support them. And I thought, what a great way to kind of get your arms around something that could be scary and, and could be overwhelming. I mean, most of the people I work with are busy and they're not looking for extra work, extra headaches, extra challenges, extra problems. So whether or not you're noticing and whether or not you're asking, the people that work for us are likely struggling and they may be needing help and support. So I hope that the time we spent today has given you some inspiration, some motivation, and some ideas on how you can support your employees. And it encourages you to not be afraid and not worry about getting it right, and that you have to have all the answers, or that you have to be a therapist or a counselor or a doctor. 
that what you're doing is just creating a space, a container, if you will, to have an honest conversation so your employee feels heard, they feel supported, and they can get the help that they need and deserve. I want to thank you for listening, for investing the time and energy to keep growing and become the leader you were meant to be. The Real Leadership Podcast is produced by Chris Obst Leadership and Alive Creative Services. Thank you for listening.